So this episode we have Jordi Bellino on. It's Bellina, sorry. Not Bellina, but Bellina. Not to be confused with that other Bellina dude that disappeared because he was so kind of scammy. Yeah, the Instagram one who was flaunting his portfolio. That's without the Y. That's Bellina, not Bellina. Anyways, it's a great interview. We talked about ZK. Uh, we talked about life. But overall, it had a really good range of like technical depth and like broad overview of um, what zero knowledge is, how the industry is working, and kind of what's what's happening in the future. I was really impressed with like our ability to get through all of that within the hour. Welcome back to Hashing It Out. I'm your host, Dr. Corey Petty, with Dee and Jesse, of course. And today we have Jordi Bellina with us. Uh, done quite a few things throughout the, the industry for a long period of time. In fact, we've known you quite a bit um, at Status and your con- contributions to like the, the early start of Status. Um, wanted to talk about kind of what you've been up to recently with Polygon and the ZKVM. You want to do the, the normal thing and kind of give everyone an introduction as to who you are, what you've been doing, and uh, what you do today? Well, yeah, I'm Jordi Bailina. Mainly, I'm a developer. I'm an engineer. Uh, I mean, thirty years uh, experience engineer. Uh, I'm in in blockchain in Ethereum since since 2015. Uh, since there, I mean, I just learned about blockchains uh, and uh, been, I participated at the beginning in a lot of uh, issues. I was one of the white hats in the DAO. I also uh, was the main uh, white hat in the parity multisig. I did a lot of auditings uh, at that time. From there on, I get a lot of interest. I, I got a lot of interest in in, in zero knowledge. Uh, in I was just start uh, started studying. I wrote uh, some important toolings right now, uh, but was for me was just a uh, well, I brought uh, Circom and SnarJS. At the beginning, it was just a learning tools for myself about the technology, but right now they are quite used in the industry. And since then, I created IDEN3, which is a, a self-sovereign identity project. From there, using all this ZK tooling that we built, we built Hermes. Uh, Hermes is a payment, it's a payment roll-ups, payment-only roll-ups. And since a couple of years ago, we just joined forces with Polygon, and we have been building the Polygon ZKVM, and that's mainly uh, what I'm uh, building right now and what I'm improving and what I'm working currently. Busy man. Busy, busy man. Well, busy, but enjoying a lot at the same time. I mean, this, uh, for me, this, all these things, I am always saying everybody that I'm not, for me, this is not even work. For me, this is just a, a, a present. Uh, it's a honor to, 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 to be in this industry and to, uh, for an engineer, is very motivating. So, yeah, it's uh, busy, but it's uh, enjoying at the same time. So it's not the kind of busy you may think. So one thing I didn't know um, was that you're a founder of Dapnode, Jordi, right? Yes, I created, uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I created, uh, so I founded some of the projects. I founded Giveth with uh, with uh, Griff uh, at the beginning. I founded Dapnode. Dapnode for me was... Uh, so here is, uh, and this is part of the industry. Uh, at some point, uh, well, as you as you may know, I'm very involved in the Catalan independence movement, and uh, uh, at some point, uh, I was I tried it. I mean, I, it was 2017, 2016, 2017, and I was just learning a lot about the blockchains. And at some at, at some point, I was just trying to. 
to to use this technology for 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 this uh, I mean for this um, movement for this revolution, and you realize that I mean nothing works. Uh, that is is from the the practical sense, and and from there, uh, well, I just did an analysis. I want this to be work here. I think, and I made that like as a as the goal of my life. I mean, it's like my uh, it's like my my strategy of my life. So it's like what we have to do in order to bring this technology to mainstream, to actually uh, work, work for the Catalan movement or for any, any, anybody that uh, can uh, have, that can uh, take value from this technology. And you start seeing like, uh, I did a division on, on, on layers of the things that needed to be done. Of course, scaling is one of those, uh, security is one of those, but decentralizing infrastructure is definitely an important thing. I mean, it makes no sense to decentralize systems, but then, then every, every, everything is running in AWS. So uh, that node was just a project uh, that's still, I mean, it's still up and running and there's some colleagues that are, I mean, are handling that, but it's just a software for uh, any user to, 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 to run their own server, their own, their own node. And, and, this is, I think, this is a fundamental piece uh, for the space uh, uh, to decentralize the infrastructure to this lower level layer. So, yeah, it's an important project. I think is they are doing a good job. But well, probably it's still uh, the space is still it's very centralized. Still a lot of uh, big actors, especially with these big stakers and uh, so on. This is a little bit uh, uh, worry. This is not the best. And the initiative like uh, Dubnote or any initiative that uh, uh, decentralizes the hardware, I think, is really important and should be supported. So your 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 background is as an electrical engineer, right? I'm an electrical engineer. Yes, communications engineer, communications electrical engineer. I mean, when I studied, it was like everything together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm an engineer. Yeah. So so when it comes to like infrastructure. Do you imagine uh, decentralizing, I guess, connections to like the actual internet? So, like, I don't know, something, you know, Starlinky as another thing that you want to add to your plate. Yes, uh, ideally, these peer-to-peer, uh, -peer, I mean, peer-to-peer -peer networks or this Wi-Fi. The beginning was this Wi-Fi peer-to-peer uh, -peer networks, and uh, and so on. This is uh, uh, this is super interesting. Uh, of course, decentralizing the communications layer is important. Right now, the, with uh, overlay layers, with the peer-to-peer -peer layers, uh, we can have some abstraction. But uh, we saw, for example, that uh, uh, the the big uh, the big ISPs, uh, um, I mean, they can censor a lot, and uh, they have a lot of. Uh, uh, so they can do a lot of things, and uh, we saw, for example, in the Catalan movement. I mean, the Spanish government just decided to 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 censor some of the web pages, and it took uh, like two minutes just call to the main uh, ISPs and just told them you have to censor censor this page, this page, and this page. Uh, the Catalan government at that time, uh, in order to fight to the to the Spanish government of the censorship. Uh, one of the things that he, they did was try to put this web page in APFS, which was decentralized. 
but uh, the, what happened is that uh, the people that were using IPFS were mainly using the gateway, with the gateway is very centralized. So actually, they censor the gateway, the full gateway of the IPFS, which uh, no sense everything. But this gives an example of the importance of, I mean, of decentralizing the of decentralizing the infrastructures. Uh, I mean, uh, just for as a side note, but what ended up working was not IPFS. What ended up working was putting this web page in the same uh, uh, server that Wiki that WikiLeaks, and that was not stopped. But just for just for you, I mean, just give you some some interesting things about uh, uh, censorship and the, the the power that these uh, uh, centralized authorities they they they, they have. That, that's it. I think it's interesting of avenue to, to, to explore a little bit more. You've mentioned this a few times and what you're passionate about with respect to, you know, make, you know, devoting your life to this technology is that our early experiments and what we continue to work on, quote unquote, doesn't work. What does that mean? What does it mean to work appropriately? For me, work means that it's useful for everybody that wants to use it. Uh, in this case, uh, I mean, in my case was... Um, uh, seven millions of Catalans. Uh, they wanted to vote. They wanted to vote, and and uh, uh, the Catalan government just put a web page saying where they where they had to go to vote. And uh, 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 this technology was not useful for 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 this. I mean, because this web page was censored. Uh, so. Uh, again, I mean, if you this is one example, but I mean. Uh, uh, if you want to go to a coffee, to buy a coffee in a, in a, I mean, in a cafe besides your home, and and you are not able to use the chain, this is not useful for the for the person. If you are trying to do a transfer to maybe to some familiar in the other side of the of the planet, and it's very costly or it doesn't work, it's not useful. Or if even if you lose the keys, I mean, if you have if you hold. Um, if you hold your savings in in in, in cryptography and 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 uh, the people loses the keys, uh, this is not useful for the people. So there is a lot of things, and if there is a hack, I mean, of, of something, this is not useful. So uh, for me, making useful means that's practically it's, it's practical, is that the people can use it, that the applications can use it, and these applications can really happen. And uh, this technology for me makes no sense if the people cannot uh, use it, if the people cannot uh, take advantage, they cannot capture the value of this technology. And as an engineer, for me, is okay, I believe in this technology. I think that this technology can add a lot of value. This decentralization, um, having decentralized systems is really powerful for, uh, for the people how they are get organized. But this technology is not ready. It require, uh, requires a lot of work and a lot of things that needs to be done. And, and I mean, for me, this is my mission here. My mission and many other people. I mean, this is what we are trying to, 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 to get is make this work, make this work for, 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 for everybody. Saying is uh, easy. But then it's okay. But what you have to do to make it work, and then it's work. Well, here there are some of the projects that I've been launching. Okay, so my identity, that note, uh, of course, uh, scaling uh, the blockchains is important. But there are many other things. 
things about security, things about things about usability that I have not been pushing, but that are definitely uh, a requirement for for this technology to 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 be useful for the people. Mm. Let's let's pull on that thread a little bit of your mission. How come I got a two part question for you? I ask layered questions. First one is, uh, uh, you know, how did ZK become, you know, such a, you know, important part of where you're spending your time? And then the second is like, why is ZK proof so important for blockchain tech right now? Yeah, ZK is, uh, I mean, it's a nice uh, technology. At, at the beginning, I was very interested, especially for privacy. Uh, uh, my first, uh, my first approach to ZK was very much in the the context of self-sovereign identity. Um, in this context, uh, it's really important because it solves one of the problems that the society have right now. In is uh, is this uh, dilemma between privacy and security. Uh, uh, it's like right now the humanity is you can I mean you need to choose what you want. I mean is you either lose your privacy and then you have like a kind of a uh, security. I mean, you have like uh, government agencies and things that somehow they protect you, okay? But then you lose your privacy, or the other way around is okay. You get the privacy, but then uh, uh, here we give uh, space for, uh, I mean, for some, uh, I mean, money launderings for some, uh, uh, I mean, minor, uh, uh, minor pornography. I mean, the things that are bad and that we don't want, okay? And this is a, a trade-off uh, on this. The cool thing of zero knowledge is that allows you to have both things without having to lose the other part. So with zero knowledge, you can prove you can prove exactly what you want to prove to a single person, and you reveal just the strict the necessary information to that the person that you are proving. Let me put you an example: when you are hiring a, 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 a an insurance, a medical insurance, in order to get this insurance or not, they maybe they ask you for a bunch of questions about your history of your uh, medical data. So this insurance, they collect a lot of information. The only thing they need is if they, if you can apply to this insurance or not. It's just a question. So the only information they need is just a yes or a no to a single question. With zero knowledge, you can prove a yes, you can prove a no. So you can give this information with a valid proof without having to reveal all your medical uh, history. And this is very, I think this is very powerful because this is, I mean, this is how, well, this allows this this privacy and, and security uh, at the same time. And this is important. But zero knowledge is not only uh, about privacy. The cool thing is that and was a little bit of casualty. The good thing is that uh, zero knowledge can be used also as uh, what we call validity proofs. They are the same, okay, and, and and they are, but they are really different things. But actually, it's the same thing, okay. And the validity proof at the end is uh, uh, you run a program, and the idea is that I can so we can have a program that you and me we know we know which program is, and I if I run the program and I give you the result. And you want to check that this result is valid. The only way you have to do it uh, right now is run the program again. Okay? But with this validity proof or generating this zero knowledge proof, the idea is like I can run the program and I generate can generate this proof, and then you don't have to run the program again. 
you just need to validate this proof. Maybe running a program can take a week, okay? And verifying this proof may take you some few milliseconds, okay? And this property of uh, zero knowledge, okay, this, uh, this, this zero knowledge, because actually this proof is so small that don't reveal anything about what you're running in the program, okay? That's why it's the same thing. But uh, this idea of validity proof, they are very important for scaling blockchains. Uh, at the end, a blockchain is a consensus mechanism. And to reach consensus, uh, I mean, uh, we need to, all of us, we need to uh, execute, we need to execute, all of us, we need to execute the, the same program or we need to validate the transactions, for example. And that means that everybody in the network needs to validate all the transactions, okay? So, uh, and, and uh, the quantity of transactions that can a, a node validate uh, is limited if you want to have a decentralized network with relatively small nodes in there. So, so with this system, you can have like a, a central operator, something like a miner if you want, centralized or decentralized, but you can have somebody that builds this proof, so that generates okay, transactions, build this proof, and then the, the rest of the network, in order to reach the consensus, they don't need to re-execute this proof. They just verify this zero-knowledge proof. And this verification, it takes a few milliseconds, no matter how long is the program. And this is beautiful, because with this, actually, you can scale, uh, you can scale uh, blockchains. You don't need anymore in the consensus layer to have everybody to execute all the transactions. You just get a consensus in these in this proofs. And this proof can prove anything uh, that you want. And that's why it's so fundamental, this, uh, this technology. What you just described is ostensibly um, the, the TLDR of what a zero-knowledge roll-up is. Um, and there's been a kind of ongoing discussion for zero-knowledge, and actually what you just said is a, is a reiteration of this, and that it's useful for two contexts, namely aggregation and, and compression, and also privacy. But I, I feel as though like there is a lesser conversation around um, almost forcing a trade-off between the two. Is it possible to have both privacy and compression simultaneously when doing a zero-knowledge scheme? Or, and if so, what's the trade-off there? Yes, it's absolutely possible, but it cannot be done in the same proof. Okay. But, uh, but you can do it with what we call it recursion. recursion. So... Um, a privacy roll-up can be built. Uh, so the, the the privacy there is part of the proof that needs to be uh, built in 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 users' home. Uh, so you are running a private a private a privacy a private transaction. You need to build your you need to build your your proof inside your computer. Okay, and in when you are aggregating when you are uh, doing this, generally it's a bigger proof that is just taking all the all the proofs of everybody and building another proof. But for this, you need to prove a proof. You need to prove that proofs like many, many proofs on that. And this is perfectly possible with aggregation. In in the in Polygon, we are using extensively the aggregation. I think that uh, the biggest so that the the biggest advance of the last uh, years. Has been this uh, that we have a, we dominate this uh, aggregation this 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 recursion on the proof we can prove approve approve we, we generate this um, kind of Merkel so kind of Merkel trees but they are trees of proofs so it's a, a single proof that is proving you can prove a full chain with a single proof and at the end there are a lot of proof that they are 
uh, aggregated. Approve, approve is approved. Okay, so that's the that's the, the idea here, and this is perfectly possible. So you can mix both things, and uh, yeah, that's that's perfect. That's technically no problem at all to build uh, to build that. Let me let me. If you want, there is another way to see that. Eh? But uh, oh, for sure, example, of course. It, it, in the ZKVM, uh, so the ZKVM is, uh, is, 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 is Ethereum, is compatible. Uh, you can, I mean, the idea is to scale Ethereum, okay? So you can run anything that you can run in Ethereum, you can run it in the ZKVM aggregated. And we just do the proof, that proof all these transactions are processed exactly the same way that Ethereum in the right way. One of the things that you can do is, for example, have a, a, a pairing. So in, in the, in the for this, I mean, you can have a smart contract that verifies a proof. That's actually what does the ZKVM. And you can build, you can do that inside the ZKVM. So it's perfectly possible to run, for example, a, a privacy, I mean, an anonymous voting or a tornado cash kind of, or any privacy uh, project on top of the ZKVM um, out of the box. And this scales. So they are separated things, but they can be combined together. Mm -hmm. That was something that I kind of wanted to ask as well: is that like, what are the kind of the downfalls of current implementations of zkVMs that are building on top of Ethereum? Because like right now, most of them are not really focused on privacy. But as you said, it's it's reasonably doable to do privacy within a zkVM. Is there, is there a way to construct CKVMs by themselves that are, are private? Why isn't someone working on something like that? I mean, privacy is, is um, in general, the, the projects that we're building CKVMs or that we're building rollups, we are more focused in, 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 uh, in scalability. I mean, it's a it's a enough that is difficult the road, roadmap of Ethereum right now. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's an enough exactly it's an enough uh, complex uh, project that. Uh, so all the th so just just focus on that. It's more about the focus thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, you, I hope and I'm sure and actually I know that there is other projects that they are working a lot uh, uh, and focus more in, in 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 privacy. And this is absolutely uh, a requirement. Inside, for example, inside inside the polygon, for example, we have a maiden. Maiden is an interesting approach. It's not like a full privacy as we understand, but this adds a lot of. Uh, privacy elements in the context of rollup, but there are other projects. I mean, Aztec project, for example, is working a lot on on, on, on privacy and I mean, there are other projects in the network that they are focusing more in privacy and it's uh, it's 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 an uh, it's a it's it's a requirement. I mean it's a it's a strictly it's a necessary value on the on, on, on the space uh, uh, on that. Would and, you consider that yeah. one of the key like pillars that are required to get to it works for this technology is um, yes i mean it's not for, for i mean privacy is not required like every in every place but it's, uh, a good to have i would say everywhere and a must to have a must have in a lot of applications mm -hmm. i mean for example if you're running a i mean if you're running a blockchain in a company as a company, I mean, you don't want to reveal the transactions you are doing to your competitor. So it's 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 something having privacy, for example, in your transactions is 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 a, is a requirement. It's is necessary. I can keep going, but I'm letting D and Jesse come in if they want to. Like, yeah, D, do you have a do you have a question? I do, but I have dog issues for a little bit. Just give me a second. 
they're they're going to town. All right. So I'll have a I have a question. It's regarding um trying to create uh a I guess if if you if you were trying to solve the the problem of efficient aggregation of proofs within the context of data storage systems, um, ultimately you want a the final proof to be succinct enough that it's not scaling with the size of the data that your you know total network has, right? So you wouldn't like I guess would you use some of the new folding schemes for doing proof aggregation for some of you know like a like a data storage uh network or would you use aggregation if we're talking about aggregation aggregating proof or re proof recursion uh, recursive we're probably, we're uh, uh, for proof yeah mm -hmm. this is uh, uh i mean there are different techniques uh in order to do that in an efficient way okay mm. uh, here the the there is here it makes a little bit of confusion the in general the the traditional Snarks, for example, if you are if you are working with Gloss 16, with with Plonk schemas, and uh, even with Bulletproof, they are elliptic curve based. Okay, mm -hmm. and doing recursion in elliptic curve base is, I mean, it's not impossible, but uh, it's difficult. It's difficult because uh, in order to do recursion, you need to work with different prime fields, and then I mean, the elliptic curves are whatever prime they are, and then you need to work with what's called uh, cycle cycle curves. On that, but at the end you need to join them together. And recursion mm -hmm. is, is 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 not easy with uh, with this elliptic curve uh, base. Okay. Um, with the Starks, we are working a lot with the Starks. The Starks does not have this constraint, so doing recursion in a Stark is very straightforward. Okay, so we can do this recursion. Actually, we are doing this recursion a lot in the Polygon CKVM, and we are doing this recursion very efficiently already in this uh, uh, in the technology that we are using. This is very much, uh, I mean, it's a lot of work done by Polygon Zero or the, uh, I mean, the, the, the project in, in, the, in Polygon. I mean, the know-how of this uh, aggregation is, is, is there, okay? Uh, these uh, folding schemas are tries, so are new ideas, in order to build the recursion with elliptic curve-based uh, algorithms in an efficient way. We don't know yet if they are going to be efficient or not. I have my doubts, but not. I mean, I'm not married with anybody. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's definitely they are super interesting uh, constructions, and it, it, this may be really important. Sometimes, for example, in the case of Starks, Starks are... Are, are are nice, but they have some drawbacks. For example, a Stark is big. I mean, the proof of a Stark is a big proof, okay? And, and you cannot do it smaller, okay? What we do is in what we do, we do a trick that's like we do a Starks. We aggregate and we work with the Starks everywhere. And in the last in the last minute, and just before sending the proof on chain, in order to be smaller, we verify a Stark with uh, uh, we verify a Stark with a Stark, okay? And then we get the best of both uh, uh, of both systems but this requires this extra work of, of, of this final final proof depending on what maybe these folding schemas may, may may have a lot of sense for some proving systems also this uh, elliptic curve they are based in what's called uh, multi-scalar multiplication uh, primitive uh, uh, starks are based more in hashing 
and entities, but mainly hashing. Hashing in general is really fast. Uh, so that's why are good uh, these uh, uh, starts. But here, for example, if there is some hardware innovations, I mean, some amazing, some ASICs or some chips that are very good doing um, multi-scalar multiplications, maybe this may change the this may change the the, the, the rules of the game. It can also well, happen so that me, there is. A, let me let me ask go. you this. Um, so, like, I saw some some research that came out of Jump. Um, I think they won mm-hmm. one of the like ZK Prize for speeding up uh, mm-hmm. MSM operations on a GPU. I forget what or on an FPGA maybe. But I guess my question is, how much faster does multi like how much faster do MSM operations need to get? Uh, to be competitive with, you know, basically the speed at which, you know, NTTs are solved within like a start-based system? In the start-based, I mean, this is difficult to compare because it depends a lot of the implementation and, and it's it's hard. But I would say that we probably, we are, so starts are one order of mine, at least one order of magnitude faster overall. But again, I mean, these things can change. Uh, if there is these uh, ASICs, uh, ASICs or these improvements in GPU, the things may may change. Just to give you an information, I mean, for example, um, uh, Starks built when we built Starks in a GPU, the limitation is not in the processor in the process in the processors. What the limitation is very much in the bus is just sending the data. Uh, in and out of the GPU, and uh, that's why, for example, this when um, when with the PCI five uh, happens, we will get uh, a two x uh, speed up uh, on 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 this uh, out of the box. But if you do here, for example, some specific hardware where you don't use PCI and then you just do some something like direct, you you definitely could could. Uh, could improve a lot the speed of these uh, provers. The question here is the, is the cost. So here there are two parameters when you are thinking about the proof. One thing is how how much what's the cost of building a proof, and the other is the latency. I mean, is how much it takes depending on the time. application. You exactly the time is the other, and and these are the two things that depending on the application you ask for one thing or for the other. In the case of I, the CKBM, I'm a... oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, go go. In the case of the ZKBM, is very much optimized. Uh, the current proof is very much optimized for cost. Gotcha. I had I had an old electrical engineering professor, and he said, "If there's anything you take away from this computer organization course, it's that everything is time and money. And no matter you know the if it's if if there's less hardware and more software, you're losing on time. If there's more hardware and less software, you're potentially gaining on time, but you're losing on money or something like that. But yeah, you definitely had a good teacher. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it turned out so good. Coming up from the weeds a tiny bit, I was very interested because like the the explosion of research and then the application of that research just within zero knowledge has been insane just over the past what year or two. Um how do you keep up with it? How do you keep up with the with the pace of the research and identify what's what's worthwhile to keep an eye on? It's hard. I tell you, it's hard, especially when you are, uh, when you have a full uh, EBM in mainnet and uh, full team to manage and so on. But you need to. Uh, but this is in general in this space. Uh, engineers in this space they need uh, they need to have a lot of time for a study. In in normal engineer, maybe spending 
10% of your time, 15% of your time for training, recycling, reading, and understanding what's going on is, uh, I mean, probably it's a good ratio. But if you are in this space, um, spending 50% of your time uh, keeping up and understanding what's going on and so on is not a crazy, is not a crazy, is not a crazy number. That's that's reality for for well, the team that I work with. So yeah, I, I found it. I think it's interesting because like we we try and hire and finding people who are good at this and can be adapted to this is very difficult because when you're trying to find someone, it's I think it's difficult to convey what you just said, the expectations of what you just said in a in a job description or finding someone who's used to that type of work because you're looking for an engineer that is very comfortable with research. So like, what do you call them, right? They're doing research, but the application of that research is very engineering focused in that you're building circuits and doing benchmarks and things like this and understanding very rigorous mathematical things. Like how do you, how do you find people that are good at knowing how to do this work? And like, or how do we find people that have a reasonable overlap of skill sets so that we, they're, they're amenable to this industry? One of the, one of the, I would say one of the uh, the things that I'm very I'm 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 very proud of is very much the and it's very much an engineering way. It's a kind of divide and conquer. And uh, let me explain. So the, the ZKBM is not a monolithic uh, a system. Okay, we divided the system in different layers. Uh, uh, we have a arithmetization layer. We have a, we built a processor uh, on top of this arithmetization. We built an assembly on this processor. We built uh, a, a code that emulates Ethereum on this processor. Uh, we have a, a piece that's for uh, generating the proof altogether, and then we have another piece that's more for the client and the node and, and the infrastructure. And uh, it's very much about uh, speciality. Uh, the people in the in the team, nobody knows everything uh i'm probably the only one that has like a big picture but even myself uh i'm not an expert in most of the pieces so i have people in my team that they are they know much better than me uh like uh, about what's going on there i may have like the big picture but not the not the specific things and this division of uh of layers, this division of, uh, this is, I mean, it's like the people that's, that's the people that's building programs. They don't know about electronics and they don't know about how the uh, uh, how the processors works. But the the people that's building processors, they don't know about the transistors and about the the you know how the and the people that's building transistors, they don't know about physics. Yeah, and this is this is a layer. Uh, uh, so the world is divided in layer systems. I mean, you don't need to know everything uh, 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 to build the system. You need to have a good picture, so a good big picture of how the system is built, how these layers are divided, what are those interfaces, and then specialize and, and, and bring people to work in to work in these layers. Um, in our case, I mean, in the case of our team, it's a set of engineers. They are engineers that they are able to, as an engineer, I mean, they're able to adapt to new things. I just sometimes I define an engineer as a person that's able to be a specialist of every of everything in a week. This is the kind of engineers. I mean, it's like, just give me something in a week and I just study, learn. And, and, and this is the kind of engineers that we have in the team. But then you get to specialize and then you, you move there and maybe you stay there for one year or two years, just getting focused and doing the, the work, learning how to, learning like a new job and 
and work, working on that. Here we have a lot of new jobs. I mean, we created a new assembly. So uh, this assembly, nobody knew about this assembly. And okay, you create the assembly, but you don't, that doesn't mean that you don't know how to code in assembly. And 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 you le- you have to learn your own language. And 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 and, and here we have people that knows and they know all the tricks and know how to do the things and and but the same thing with aritmetization but the same thing with uh uh with, i mean with with any with the prover side with the optimization with uh, uh people that specialize in the um, i mean in optimizing the hash function for uh special instructions in inter okay we'll have a guy that's doing that or for gpu uh coding and it's uh as an engineer, you need to find what's so what's the space, what's your fit, get specialized on that, and then set up a good team that knows that's very well coordinated with very clear layers and understanding how to build. This is how we are working internally in Polygon, especially in the Polygons KVM. And uh, I mean, it's not perfect, but works. Uh, it works well. Sometimes have problematic to scale because it's good people and good people is not easy to 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 find. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. how, how big is the team for Polygon Maiden or for Polygon Hermes and then Polygon Maiden? Uh, Polygon, so Polygon Hermes. Uh, right now we are less than twenty engineers. You know, twenty. Uh, so we are relatively small, and Maiden is even less. I think Maiden they are like ten or fifteen. More or less, uh, people that's external. I mean, it's difficult to measure. Yeah, but yeah. Just to just to rehash the answer to Corey's question that you gave, hire engineers is what I heard, right? <laughs> this is this is that this is a tough topic. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I, I can I can tell you that uh, in my team, most of the people they are uh, they come uh out of this of, uh, so they are not so i didn't hire it inside the space i most of them i hired uh outside the space not all of them but a lot a lot of them uh we train it uh we tr- and uh we train it uh inside and in general i i was always hiring for for reference i mean just uh knowing a specific person you know that this person is good because you have been working with him or because somebody in your team has been working with him or i mean direct reference and and then try and and sometimes even that doesn't work but mm-hmm. uh, this has been for me has been proven that has the best ratio of success in in in, in the hiring uh, but the problem of this is that this is hard to scale so you mentioned that like you said something about in-person training. So you guys meet up to kind of speed things up in terms of learning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we spend a lot of, uh, in, I mean, a lot of, of, of time internally uh, in training, uh, explaining, uh, one, I mean, explaining the things to one to the other in the, have a team for documenting. This also is documenting and also explaining these to uh, other teams. We record uh, all these uh, training sessions, uh, so that a new hiring, a new hiring can just uh, uh, get these videos. And I mean, they are not super high quality, but uh, uh, have a lot of uh, information that happens there. They are sometimes they are very boring because they are just uh, normal conversations. But uh, yeah, that's the we way we, we have to. Yeah, just making sure that you guys are doing things kind of the same ish. <laughs> cool. Uh, how do you? This, how do you... Is, this is this is how we learn. This is more or less what it works. And yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you? 
I have a few questions here, but like before I ask the, the, the I guess, the larger one, um, what are you excited about? Like what's on the near future roadmap in terms of the general ecosystem? Uh, um, probably mostly focused on the application of ZK because that seems to be where most people are focusing their time and where even us feel as though like where most of the gains are to be made in the efficiency or usability of these systems. Uh, what, what's on the, on the horizon that you get excited about that maybe people don't know about or, or, or just learning about? I would say in the short, of course, in the short term for me is um, scaling Ethereum. I mean, that's uh, the probably what the ZKVM is about. Uh, so for me, it's the, the work is not uh, finished yet. So ZKVM is mainnet and is working, but uh, uh, the idea is to be, I mean, I will be happy when at least the network is 100 times uh, more capacity and faster than Ethereum. Uh, that's the goal of this overall project, okay? And requires some pieces. Some of the, some of the pieces depends on us. Some of the pieces depends, for example, in Ethereum. Here, EIP four eight four four and bank sharding are important pieces that needs to happen, and all this needs to be adapted. So, in the short term, for me, scaling this is one of the goals that I mean we are still working hard on that, and this is, I would say, the short term. If we are talking more in the long term. Uh, I mean, there are many things in the space that for me are very exciting. Exciting. I will mention maybe some of them. For me, I, there is one thing that I, I love. I would, I, I would like to love to see at some point is, for example, the liquid democracy, liquid democracy systems. Uh, would like to see uh, states uh, governed by liquid democracy systems. I think that the blockchain can 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 do things. Uh, so it's an important piece for applying these uh, things. Of course, uh, uh, voting uh, on-chain, anonymous voting, it's an interesting application that I'm very, very excited on. We mentioned before, uh, for me, self-sovereign identity and all these, that, that data privacy, I think this is also uh, super important and it's a project that I'm very excited uh, on. And, but, yeah, but many other things. So for me, for me, just seeing per people using this uh, technology for any application that you can imagine, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's fantastic. So it's we this idea of having uh, common goods. I mean, is uh, these applications that don't belong to anybody. They just belong to the humanity. They just exist there, and the humans can use it and and. and you create this thing that's uh, in that that has no ownership. That's this is for me. This is uh, uh, interesting. It's an interesting mm -hmm. concept because it's a new thing that the humans. It's a new set of resources that the humans can have access just by the fact that they are humans. And of course, they have an internet connection, maybe. Yeah, but that's that's that's. I'm assuming that that's uh, we already have that. So you mentioned you you wanted to see Ethereum scale, but I think a lot of people kind of give that very general. Like I want to see things scale. I want to see things scale. What what's what's good scaling to you? Like where's the finish line there? Like not all growth is good growth. So what specifically is needs for to me, scale about this? For, for me, I mean, scale is going to be something that's going to be forever. Uh, I don't see a limit there. Uh, in my case, uh, the goal was not like 
to scale infinity, for me, the goal was to break a barrier of scaling that was this consensus uh, thing. So uh, I would say that with these ZK rollups, we broke this barrier and no, we don't know yet what's the next barrier. We are just going to start to run and we are, uh, the, I expect that the, the systems will speed up a lot in the, in the next month, uh, years, if you want, but they mean very, very fast. And we don't know yet what's going to be the next bottleneck. Bottleneck in scaling, or probably maybe it's going to be other bottlenecks. Here we have, for example, data availability. This is clearly one of the important things that uh, may happen. Or even, I mean, it may happen. I mean, there are some social social uh, so adoption, for example, or social limitations that we have. Uh, we need to see, and they are important. As I mentioned, scaling and uh, bringing this technology uh, to the final users is not only about the scaling. Scaling is one of the problems that needed to be solved. But uh, I mean, usability is is another problem here. I mean, all these data, the code abstraction and things. I think here is personally super interesting, um, super interesting work that the community is doing in 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 that direction. Uh, or the security auditing and uh, I would say consolidating a lot of the tooling that's in there is really really important and necessary for these applications to 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 happen. It's a lot of work to do. I mean, it's it's a new space and and a lot of things to do here. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the newness of things, like you're you're working on like uh, the bleeding edge cryptography, how do you decide? What's especially such a multidisciplinary team. Right, everybody's got this expertise. You know, they're painting one pixel of the painting. How do you decide like what gets launched into production, like what gets released? It's got to be tough. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it is, it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely it is. Um, I know. Uh, but I here, yeah, but here yeah, is, the, for example, the, the 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 yeah. I mean, uh, but here is, for example, there is one thing is. Uh, uh, when you need to decide to go, for example, to go to production, um, you need to do a risk analysis yeah, and the things that can go wrong and uh, put some probabilities of this risk to go wrong. Okay? And when you, do this, this, when you do this risk analysis in the right way, um, uh, I would say cryptography, cryptographic protocols, the risk on cryptographic protocols that, of course, is not zero, especially if, especially if these protocols are relatively new, they, in general, they are orders of magnitude. The risk is orders of magnitude lower than, uh, for example, doing uh, uh, that you mess up in a smart contract or that you mess up in some of the proving cons proving constraints. Uh, I mean, that you in the in the remittization design and you forget to put some 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 constraint there. So. You need to put everything in the balance, and you need to you you need to measure that in the right way. All these systems, I mean, all these systems, they, they come with some risk. Of course, we are working as much as we can to reduce this risk, uh, uh, to bring this risk to, I mean, to orders of magnitude uh, as low as possible, but it's definitely not zero. And uh, there are different zeros. Uh, this is like... Uh, Smart contract, even if it's audited and so on, probably it's still a biggest, a much biggest risk that, for example, 
Poseidon uh, hash function is broken. And uh, that doesn't mean that Poseidon hash function cannot be broken. But the risk is, the, the, the probability of the risk is not the same order of magnitude. So you're taking account that. I mean, you're taking account this risk. Of course, uh, in Polygon, we have a, a, an important team of researchers, people that are specialized in, in, in cryptography and many ambits of the, of the, of the space. And uh, yeah, we do them uh, very, uh, very, we take that very seriously. I mean, we do a very, uh, very exhaustive risk analysis of, uh, you know, for the actions that we, we take. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, but, but at the same time, you need at some point also, you need to, uh, well, you need to assume some risks here because, I mean, if you don't assume any risk, you end up not doing anything and, it's like in life. I mean, if you don't want to so many risks, you probably will not move from your home. Okay, so that's that's uh, very much about that. It's it's just taking, taking, just trying to reduce the risk, trying to understand what are your risks, try to put the maximum resources to minimize those risks, and from there taking the decision to 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 move forward. I like it. Definitely agree with that. Like it's hard stuff. to do though like, risk assessment across this industry is not the easiest thing in the world um i think even like broad scoped assessment like smart contracts are probably more riskier than than hashing functions uh, is is generally easy but um the more fine-grained analysis i think is, is way more difficult and we lack any standard to do it because we're doing so many new things yeah and here the for me, what's important is uh, to to publish these risk uh, assessments, and it's, for me, it's important that the the users of the network understand uh, what's the risk of the network. And I'm not talking only about Polygon; I'm talking about Ethereum, or I'm talking about uh, uh, yeah. So any any system, any new system, uh, I mean, it has risk. The same time, the same way that you understand what's the risk of taking a plane, uh, users that are using this, uh, any of these networks should understand what's the risk that they are assuming. The problem here is also that humans, they are not good. Uh, they don't used to be good in uh, doing, a, I mean, in, 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 in working with low probabilities. Uh, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, humans are good in, in, I mean, when they are managing probability of 50%, 20%, uh, 30%. These are very good. I mean, this uh, the granularity here is, is very good. But if I'm talking to distinguish between a probability of 10 to the negative uh, 10 or 10 to the negative 20, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't, most of the humans, uh, they don't see a difference. I mean, this is a low probability. It's like it may happen. But I mean, there are 10 orders of magnitude difference yeah. here. Okay? <laughs> but it's like uh, the people don't, 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 don't appreciate that. I mean, normal humans don't appreciate that. I mean, you need to do some... Be engineers, mathematical abstraction, mathematical mathematical abstraction on that. But I think it's important to 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 that the people understand that these uh, these these things. I mean, these properties uh, exist. That should probably be a rule of thumb for any 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 published risks. Is um, if any numbers that you publish are non-human readable or like non-intuitively human readable, which is like ten to the nine or more. Or, even 10 to the six or more, then uh, you need to have an analogy associated with it so people get it. 
Yeah, but they, they are, yeah, yeah. Okay, I agree, but this is even hard. <laughs> yeah, it's also so hard, I agree. Um, I think that's good on my side. You guys got more questions? Yeah, we all have two more questions. Great, go ahead and start. Mm, okay. D? You want to go first, Jess? You wanna go? I'll, I'll, go, I'll go second. Go ahead and ask second. the first question. In 10 words or less, can you define ZK? Uh, I mentioned that before a little bit. It's just a proof of program without having to compute it. Proof. Wait, say that one more time. Say that one more time. It's just uh, you can you can you can verify a program. Yeah, you can verify a program without having to run it again. Maybe at eleven or twelve, but uh, come on. <laughs> no, he, he had it at eight the first time. Yeah, solid eight. I got a like, solid eight. Nice man. You, you I mean, that's. <laughs> That's who I understand. Uh, that's who I understand the ZK. All right, and then my question is: uh, Is what you do actually hard? And you can interpret that however you'd like. Oh, sorry. What's the question? So the, the question. The question is: Is what you do actually hard? Things are not. So when you understand the things, are not hard. The problem is, uh, so the things are hard when you don't, when you need to face them, when you don't understand them, and when you first have to, I mean, when you have to face the things. Once you understand the things, you see the things easy, but this is normal. So this is, uh, I mean, I mean, for me, this is a lesson of an engineer. Uh, just uh, don't give up. Um, and and uh, if you don't understand something, just uh, go to sleep. Uh, try to dream about that problem, and maybe at uh, six o'clock in the morning you will uh, figure out. Uh, and then, and the next day, this thing that was really hard the last day would really be really easy the next day and very even obvious and clear. All right, definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, I want to give you a little bit of time to, to shill anything you wanted to shill or talk about or, or, or tell anybody how they can learn more about the work you're doing and and uh, what you're into. Well, just to share, I mean, just to, for me, it's like, I would like to tell developers, especially that this is a world, a uh, new world that we are creating and everything needs, it needs to be done. And I think that for developers, it's a good opportunity to, to be part of this uh, small set of people that build this new world. So I, I mean, just, uh, of course, you need to study. You need to work a lot. Uh, it's not easy, and but but at the same time, there is a lot of challenges to be solved, and it's a good place for any developer to 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 build and contribute to a better world. Well, thank you very much, Jordi. Appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. you to you guys. Has been a pleasure. Back. Boom. You're welcome. Sign off. That's we know you guys love that interview. That's Jordy Bailina. Um, he's the man with the master plan. Um, it was great. Hey, Jesse. I really enjoyed How fully torqued are you after that interview? I wanted to talk to him about uh, his ideas regarding combining um, the realm of what ZK can do. Like the, the bleeding edge of zero knowledge proofs in terms of um, its context within sending personally siloed health data uh, to health insurance providers in order to subsidize healthcare insurance for people to be more. I would healthy. like. To, 
I'd like to point out that at any at any opportunity, Jesse will fully not care about the audience to ask incredibly personal questions about things he wants to do. <laughs> that's, that's good. Oh, that's that is like exactly that. what I did. <laughs> I asked work questions. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. What about never... this one little thing that no one cares about but me? Maybe a few people. People should care. They don't. Can you answer that? Dude, and what I I'm, love is I'm, that they have I'm, answers I'm, to it too. And, and so like you get, you, you like the interviews really go the full depth of like, here's an implementation detail that few people care about. Here's the general idea. Mm -hmm. Here's the philosophical the, uh, idea. Here's the general <laughs> idea. And then Jesse's going to ask a very specific question for what he's trying to build in the future. So healthcare data. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like... I think that makes for a good interview when, you know, you're asking questions that are important to you because there's a lot of humans like you out there and they're one of them. What asking like the same you? Thing. So oh, humans. Pinions. And I, was like, I thought you said peons, but I was just like, all right, whatever. No. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. A lot of plebes. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I, th I think it's amazing that he can orchestrate all of that. Like the part that when he was talking about like, you know, I've got all these people with different expertises in different domains, and you know, I've got to kind of layer that all together and put that tapestry of knowledge together to release stuff like that. That to me is it probably takes a lot of it's skill. It's hard. That's and then the thing that was projects that are within logos. That's really hard. Even like think oh, about what we do. Yeah, uh, it's it's really hard. It's like he he described the good portion of what we as a group here try and do across the projects within logos and. It's just really hard. I witnessed it. I witnessed it. And it, it, it's something that, you know, Jesse, I think you told me about plenty of times, but I not, it wasn't until I saw it with my own. Sometimes you have no, to No, no, you want to see? I'll give you I'll give you the, all my responsibilities. We swap positions right. real quick for like a week. Then you can see. No, don't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, no. I, don't, I don't lose a week. <laughs> no. I, I, um, what I, what I mean is like the 50% research and study thing. Like the professional development it's thing huge. is like this is not manufacturing. My operations yeah. got turned. Like it turned. I was like, "What do you mean, fifty percent of reading books? What the fuck?" Like I was like, "That's what I was like. What? What do you mean? Yeah, 50 that's a real thing." And it, but, it's, I think it's it's lost on a lot of people on how difficult it is to keep up, yeah. uh, even within your own specialization, so that the things that you're doing are relevant. And when you think about standard production pipelines, which is what you you cut your teeth in D. It's like that's absurd. And these are quote yeah, unquote it, engineers. These aren't just like academic researchers. These are people that are trying to push as fast as possible. Yeah, it's tough. That that was tough to hear. It was tough to see. Honestly, I was like, man, there's a whole lot of sitting around reading going on. It's <laughs> a really awesome a whole lot of uh, like <laughs> montage scene within um, the Big Bang Theory, where it's like it's it's Sheldon and. One of the other ones doesn't really matter. Basically, do, like yeah. in 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 his office doing you know doing research, and it's just like a cut scene of him like staring at a wall, like on the floor, like throwing a ball, and like, I remember to the, that like, the montage music to the montage music of what you would normally hear from like Rocky. <laughs> and finally, like the end of it is like, oh, I got it, and then like he like writes one thing down. That's what it's like. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes a certain level of uh, patience. Paciencia. He was competing so, against Kripke for proving Spanish. something. I think, right? I don't. I think so, but I forget off the top of my head. It's been a long time since I've watched that show. 
Hmm. Um, Anything else about the, the interview that you guys that stood out? I was hoping yeah, he was going to say that I'm going to start shooting satellites into space like Elon. Like I'm going to create, you know, DAP link mm. instead of DAP node. I don't know. Got to shake hands with governments to do that. And that'd be not crypto. I don't like that. Man. I don't know. He would just it's have been interesting. It. He's been around for such a long time um, and prolific the entire time. He wrote partially wrote and partially audited the um, smart contracts for S for status. So S and T um, he's in all of the like the audit, like the authors of the contracts, because he started, like you mentioned, he started um, Giveth a long time ago with Griff Green, and they did the the Mini Me token contract, which is a like a flavor of ERC twenty that has a bunch of extra functionality into it, namely snapshots, because like uh, snapshot didn't exist back then, so we had all that stuff built in early, early on, and he's he's just one of the guys that's just kind of been doing it all, and publishing things for a very long time he also said he yeah. wrote circom i don't did he say that did he did he do that Sircom i know what they worked and with snark he worked with barry he worked with barry white hat a lot in the introduction of zero knowledge um and like semaphore and things like this i do regret something i wanted to ask him since he's a white hat hacker how hard is it for him not to go gray like it's got to be so difficult so difficult to like hack for good you know I, i've always wondered like the what I've never, like what is the composition of a person who like can see five milli or just a, just an amazingly large amount of number and do good instead of like man if i could just take it no one would know but he's like i'm not gonna if we went it. bowling with that one time and we met that certain person we might have a better glimpse into that world oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but oh, the, yeah. the, so the thing is, in my opinion, for for this is coming from security in the past, and specifically like the tremendous payouts that are available to people who know how to hack crypto stuff, is um, one like there's a lot of ideology of people who are in this industry, and so they they are generally good people because like they're here more often than like not to say more often than not, but. A lot of times they're here because they're good people because the ideals of what crypto is trying to do appeal to them and then they're technical and they want to contribute that's why they're here as opposed to somewhere else uh also if they're smart uh there's a lot more payoff to being a white hack hat hacker than there is to being a gray or red or black because one it's very difficult to get the money out and get get away with it and two the reputation and knowledge you can leverage from breaking these things and then responsibly disclosing them to the people in which you broke them uh and we have we've cult we've cultivated a community for that to be okay whereas a lot of outside sources will really get pissed off if you break their things and tell them uh that like you stand to gain so much by doing that work versus a lot of other places and so there's a we i think we've we as a community have done a really good job in cultivating that behavior and rewarding it when people people find things and report them and help you build build stronger systems mm -hmm. reputation means more more than money to most of the people well you can states. leverage that reputation for a lot of money right like if you look at some of the larger players they're like they're working for very notable mm -hmm. uh institutions or organizations and i don't know it personally but i can guarantee that they make 
significant money in the process of working for those organizations and doing the work that they like doing. They're like, they're right. getting paid a lot of money to do the work that they clearly like doing because they were doing it for free basically before that. Mm-hmm. Well, my hat's off to all the white hat hackers out there. Special shout out from D. Thank you for hacking in a white way. Let's wrap this up. Um, <laughs> why, why do you have to make what, it about the color guys, of the hat? What are you guys laughing at? Why, why do you have this? to make Probably it about the, the color of the hat? <laughs> was it the phrasing? I think it was the phrasing. <laughs>